You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, a period of high inflation in the U.S. may last longer than anticipated, but should still ease over time as the economy settles back to normal. That's according to two U.S. Federal Reserve officials today, following on from Jay Powell's testimony overnight. And locally, we see CPI pushing to a 30-month high. And that uh, shouldn't be too concerning because of the base effects from last year. While break bounced 7%, uh, but much still hinges on the heavy lifting inside Virgin Active. And a big hack allegedly 54 billion rands worth in the crypto world from AfriCrypt, which really dwarfs mirror trading. Lots to talk about with Wayne McCurry, Portfolio Manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. Wayne, for the last time on a Wednesday on Classic Business, uh, what's going on out there? Look, it's all about U.S. inflation as per your introduction. Last week, the Fed said, ooh, we're not too sure. It might last a little bit longer. We're not too sure how long it's going to be transitory for. And the markets fell. I mean, our banking shares, as part of that, was down 10% in a few trading days. The RAND weakened significantly, as we know. And then last night, and as you also correctly said today, again, the Fed has moderated that a little bit, saying it might last a little bit longer than what we expected, but we still think it's transitory. Now, I think it is transitory as well. I mean, we could, everyone thinks so. We could all be wrong, but I think we will get some relief on the inflation front because I don't believe the commodity cycle, including food, is going to last that much longer. Yeah, and I would be surprised, Wayne. I mean, let's face it. You you increase money supply by 25% of the world's largest economy. If you didn't get inflation, I mean, that would be the, the biggest concern yes. for me. Uh, yes, so, so. Uh, I mean, the fact that we've got inflation is good. It's normalizing things a little bit. I was watching the uh, the testimony, and I found it uh, quite politicized. I mean, you, you had the uh, Republicans blaming the Democrats for making the Fed's mandate of full employment almost impossible. Why? Because they're paying so much money to Americans uh, to sit on the sofa and stay at home. So they, they reckon that you know the, the Fed's mandate to get to full employment under those conditions is almost impossible. You've got the Dems then blaming the Republicans for how COVID was handled initially and saying that uh, the returns on stimulus and, and vaccinations are going to be clear over time. Uh, we, we think we have it uh, tough here when it comes to political yes. debate. I mean, it happens all over the world. No, look, I mean, unfortunately, everything is politicized. But just to come back to inflation, for commodity prices to have the same effect on inflation over the next year, you know, oil's got to go to $110, copper's got to go to 20000 you know, maize has got to double again. So even if the prices stay where they are or fall slightly, the effect year on year on inflation is zero or negative. So that's why I think it is transitory. And I think these are unusual circumstances that have pushed it up. I mean, specifically in the U.S., you know, some return to some form of normality. You see used car prices going through the roof, cruise lines, you know, inflation going through the roof, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it is transitory. But understand, no one knows the answer to this because no one knows the future. If it's not transitory, the markets will come down quite materially because they are priced essentially for the long bond staying at 
1.4, yeah. 1.6, 1.8%. If inflation's not transitory, the long bond's going to two and a half, three. And if it does that, the markets are coming down. So this is a very important question to get right. Absolutely. And uh, when the dust settles from the immediate aftermath of that uh, FOMC meeting as well, uh, I want to touch on commodities and how you see the landscape looking, especially for commodities, because it's one of the asset classes most directly impacted by the market's reaction to the Fed's shifting stance. Yes, very much so, simply because commodity prices have had as powerful an upcycle over the last while as what they've ever had in the past. So we've had a very normal commodity upcycle, and the prices now have reached peaks as high, if not higher, than what we have seen in the past. And of course, when this happens, you will only hear good news. There will not, you will not hear a single reason why the prices can't fall, and that's the same in every other previous cycle. But fall they do because they are cyclical. So unless we are in truly a new age with, like we saw in the beginning of the 2000s, this China coming on, you know, unless there's another China out there that we don't know about, or the U.S. is going to grow at 6% for the next five years, I can't see these commodity prices pushing higher, mm. and I see some moderation. I mean, they could fall 20 30%, and nothing will actually change in respect of underlying demand or underlying supply. I certainly don't believe that they are going to collapse as they have in every other cycle because there's clearly not this wall of new supply coming on yeah. because the commodity companies went bankrupt, almost went bankrupt five years ago and there's been no capex. Yeah, the capital allocation's been a lot more disciplined uh, you know, once uh, bitten twice shy over there. Uh, and this time is different. Isn't that what they always say, Wayne, in markets? Yes, but they are cyclical, yes. as you say. Local CPI inflation at a 30-month high. Lots of base effects compared Comparing it with this time last year, and we were basically in that kind of level five lockdown, just coming out of it. Uh, again, transitory this locally. I think it. I think it is. There's no excess demand here to hold prices higher, and as long as the fuel price, the Rand fuel price, doesn't double again, you know, we will see um, the uh, inflation pressure, specifically from petrol coming down as a year-on-year percentage change in the next over the next 12 months. But it's essentially the same argument about has the commodity cycle peaked or not. Um, but there's no, there's no demand push in the inflation in South Africa. Look, it's not going to go back to 3%, but it'll probably go back to 45 4.5% mm. over the next uh, couple of months. And it shouldn't put pressure on the Reserve Bank to increase interest rates. Look, the next moves up, but it's probably not going to be accelerated by this inflation number. Yeah, looking forward to chatting to the Deputy Governor at the uh, centenary celebration of the Reserve Bank next week just to talk about monetary policy and the way they see things. Uh, Lasecha Khanyago did say that uh, the Saab is 
well placed and prepared for any increases in uh, the real rate in the world, which is really set by the Fed's fund rate, but that is still only set to happen around 2023 and then only by two very small amounts. Uh, so uh, still some time to go in this equity party if all of that plays out. Uh, you don't want to be uh, playing around in the crypto market at the moment with what's been going on in Bitcoin. Yeah. And uh, this AfriCrypt story on MoneyWeb, a hack of nearly 54 billion, dwarfing what we saw with Mirror Trading. It just shows you in an unregulated environment, investors need to be very, very careful, Wayne. You have to be extremely careful. And I know it's a, it's a strange thing to say because, I mean, shares are intangible. You know, you can't, you can't touch them anymore. You don't even get a share certificate anymore. But at least if you buy shares in a company that's been around for a long time and has a bit of history and you can do a bit of research on it, you essentially know that if you buy a share, you know, you own something. If you buy crypto, it's, it's, it's all, you know, to use an old phrase, in the ether. You don't actually hold anything or know anything. Mm. And with all the proliferation of the probably hundreds of various cryptocurrencies and cryptocurrency trading and cryptocurrency platforms and cryptocurrency derivatives and all of these things in an unregulated environment, you actually don't know where your money is and what's going to happen to it because literally the server can crash or someone can hack yeah. And and it just disappears and yeah. no one answers and you can't go knock at the head well, office Wayne, and say what happened. What you should be doing is because you're transferring those funds into a, a wallet of sorts that is then converted into whatever cryptocurrency you're buying, yes. that that money should really be effectively held in an escrow account. There, there are various fiduciary signs as an investor. A trust, that, yeah. yeah, a trust or something. Yes. And there are organizations out there that do that, the Valars and the Lunos of this world. But when you go into uh, these, these really... Um, uh, unknown exchange. I mean, AfriCrypt has been around for a couple of years. The the founders have now um, head off to the UK. Uh, who knows uh, what with uh, with the yeah. money in tow? Now, uh, I just want to move on because we're running out of time. Onto the Brait results. Uh, another interesting sure. announcement today, and uh, I think a lot of the Brait story hinges on whether or not you believe they can turn around Virgin Active uh, post mm. the pandemic. What's your view? I think they can. And I think consumer behavior, we, are, we, are, we have not fundamentally, permanently been altered how we live as people because of this virus. So BitCorp's results last week were very good in this respect because they said where a country has returned to some form of normality, they detect no discernible change in consumer behavior. So in other words, as soon as, as, soon as the world, South Africa, returns to some form of normality people will go back to gym so i think there will be a turnaround in that there is still uh, lots of debt on the balance sheet and if you look at Brait's loan facility i think five billion rand the initial interest margin on that is the three-month jai bar plus five percent plus additional pricing it just shows you if you're distressed then the banks really do start calling the shots uh, wayne mccurry portfolio manager at fnb wealth and investments with your view from the market